This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. It's always a controversial subject here on Fight Back bike lanes. Today, we're talking specifically about the Bloor Street bike lanes. The city will announce the results of the pilot project next week after they release the results of a second survey of 14,000 people. But the initial results apparently show a majority in favor of keeping those bike lanes. Uh, The latest data that have been released show that there's been a 36% increase in cyclists' traffic on Bloor with some 4,500 people using the lanes every day. Transportation staff estimated that about a quarter of that was uh, new traffic was driven by new cyclists. On the other hand, drivers have dealt with between four and eight minute slowdowns on rush hour commutes. And uh, as a driver, I can tell you that that is not the only issue. Uh, I personally have some safety issues. Uh, But right now, let's go to Yvonne Bambrink, who is a bicycling advocate. Hi, Yvonne. Hi there. How are you doing? Fine. How are you? Now, uh, cycling uh, advocates have called Bloor Street uh, the linchpin of a cycling network. Absolutely. Well, Bloor Street is our main east-west corridor across the street, and it's really an important component of a connected network of bikes through the downtown core, moving out into the inner and outer suburbs. Okay. Um, so, uh one of the issues I have it with it is that, okay, so you have a, a bike lane, and next to the bike lane, you have parking, right? So as a driver, if you're coming north-south, and uh, not every street has uh, traffic lights, which is an issue, uh, you have to go into the intersection very carefully uh, to see if it's clear, because you can't see past those parked cars, Uh, And then if another car starts coming, you have to wait. And while you're waiting, the cyclists start coming and then, you know, you're a bad person. Yeah, I understand. I've seen that problem. I think part of the the point of a pilot project is to figure out where uh, tweaks can happen. And so they were trying to map. Pardon? Parking. They were trying to maximize the amount of parking on Blue Street as part of the pilot project. And so I think... You know, as part of the review, we'll be looking at do we need to remove the parking nearest to the intersection to allow for better sight lines so that those problems don't happen. That's the idea behind a pilot project. You want to evaluate how it's working, make improvements, and then go from there. Okay, but um, businesses are already howling, and the more parking that you take away, the more that affects business because uh, people can't just park and run in and do some shopping. Um, so some of the studies that have been conducted in Toronto and on Bloor Street in particular indicate that the majority of people who are shopping in Main Street businesses like on Bloor Street are coming by foot or by bike. And so car traffic isn't quite as much from the customers. We're having a... for another of other things, including... Uh, Yvonne, uh, we're having uh, some trouble uh, hearing you there. Um okay. 
Uh, so I'll try uh, again. And now, do you have any uh, insight into the second survey that is going to be released? Uh, can you hear me now okay? Uh, sort of, yeah. Okay, sorry about that. Um, I haven't seen any of the results. I do know that it had a tremendous amount of feedback from uh, cyclists and pedestrians and drivers alike. Um, I'm quite certain and positively received overall that the majority uh, will say, yes, please, here's tweaks that we need, but let's not only keep it, let's expand it. Because the, 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 the more extensive this, uh, this um, bike lane becomes and the, the, the greater it goes east and west, the more people are going to be able to ride it and the more people are going to feel safe to ride uh, throughout the city as we expand our network. Um, now, uh, how do people feel like one of the issues I know a lot of uh, cyclists who frankly are, are afraid to be biking through the city, how do people feel about safety? Well, safety is the number one barrier to entry or the perceived lack of safety is the number one barrier to entry to people who would love to be cycling to work or to school or just to get around to run errands. And so that's why things like uh, the Blue Street Pilot Project are so important. Uh, they do increase safety. These are life-saving, this is life-saving infrastructure, and it makes a big difference both to how cyclists feel and how they are protected on the road, but also to the way the streets work. It gives drivers and pedestrians a better sense of where to expect bicycles, and it makes the, words, uh, the, pardon me, it makes the roads work more smoothly. So they work for everybody. It just takes some getting used to, right? We're, we're changing the way we've known the streets to be, so it takes some getting used to, and people do adapt over time. These are changes that, you know, that are coming slowly, um, but we're, our awareness is being raised, and people are learning how to use these things and how to behave around them. And so, you know, it takes time, but we'll get there. Okay, I'd like to give the numbers out again because I know our listeners have a lot to say about bike lanes in general. Uh, we are coming to the point where uh, the city is going to evaluate what to do with those bike lanes on Bloor Street. And, uh, you know, there's a big possibility mm-hmm. that they will be expanded. So, uh, listeners, what do you think of that? Uh, do you have issues with the bike lanes? Uh, maybe you're okay with them in principle, but you have some particular things that you need to be fixed. Uh, the other issue was uh, a lot of the people that we hear from our pedestrians and as pedestrians they are afraid of people on bikes because you know not only do not all the drivers follow the rules and accommodate everybody but but uh, not all of the cyclists do so uh, audience listeners I'd like to hear from you the numbers to call 416 Toll-free, 1-866-744-740. I'd like to know, do you think those bike lanes on Bloor Street are a good idea? Do you think they should be expanded? Um, How do you feel about the possibility? Maybe you're thinking about... uh, Uh, going out and using your bicycle. All of that is of interest uh, to us. I am on the line with Yvonne Bambrick, who is a bicycling bicycling advocate. And Yvonne, uh, if you had your way, how far would those bike lanes be expanded? Well, I mean, as far east and west as possible. I know there's lots of interest in the Danforth to continue. Like I said, Bloor Street and the Danforth are the east-west connector across the street, uh, the city. And so it's an important street on which to have bike infrastructure. It allows people 
it allows people to funnel into the city. Um, and so, you know, as far as is feasible, right, the, the street has different configurations and different parts. And so as it is now within the pilot project, um, there's different configurations for the different widths. So I'd love to see it continue as far east and west as possible. And as well, I'd like to see our network, and I know there are plans to do this, to see our network expand into the suburbs as well. There are lots of people that want to be riding in Scarborough and North York and um, uh, and in, into the West End, into Etobicoke. So we've got a lot more work to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I know you're saying as far as possible, but uh, uh, if you had to make a suggestion, what would it be? I would leave that to our transportation planners and to the councillors, you know, uh, who sit on, on city council and make these decisions. I know there are plans, um, you know, of, of possible um, endpoints. You know, it's, it's really up to the councillors. Okay. I'd like to see the network, a complete network that makes mm. sense, that does go into our suburban communities to allow easy access both to the core uh, as well as within the suburbs themselves. <clears throat> okay, uh, let's go to Jim in Vaughan. Hi, Jim. Hi, how are you, Libby? Fine, how are you? It's my first time calling. Okay, wait a minute. There we go. Okay. Uh, Hello. The reason I'm calling is, is in relation to the... Uh, that the people using the lanes and that, the bicycles, need more training because they, uh, the children and the younger ones should be uh, the farthest away from the road because the previous accident that had happened, they, uh, it sounded like the child was closer to the road. And with the parents and that, if they keep the child closer to the farthest away from the road, then, of course, it may be a, a, a better safety factor and they're able to watch the child if it goes out of control. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, there are, there are some people who's, who, you know, think that the child should never be in the back. Uh, but uh, th- that was obviously a weak point in the system, that terrible, terrible tragedy. Uh, w- we've been talking about bike lanes on Bloor Street going right through the heart of the city. What's, yeah. uh, do you have a take on those? I, I do, and I still think it's the, uh, the people, the, uh, the, the riders need more training and they need to be uh, governed by the Ministry of Transport because it is a vehicle, and, and I believe that they should be licensed the way they were back in the 50s and 60s. So they have some control, and then they respect the uh, stop signs and the red lights and the pedestrian crossing. <clears throat> Okay, well, uh, you know, um, our next guest, uh, who we're going to have on after the break, uh, Councillor Stephen Holliday was an advocate of that. It was voted down. I mean, honestly, uh, I think it's a non-starter at City Hall, and, and we have to move on for that. from that. Uh, Jim, thanks very much for your call. Thank you very much for taking it. Okay, let's go to Bill in Toronto. Hi, Bill. Hi. I think it's just a total war on the cars, you know. They build bike lanes that cause congestion. They build condos everywhere you look. The density is going up. So it's going to come to a point where you won't even be bothered to own a car in the city of Toronto, or you'll just take your car and you'll get out of Toronto. It affects the way I shop, where I go, what I do. And the perfect example in my area is a street mm-hmm. called Cosburn. They went and they put bike lanes on it. So everybody got congested. Everybody switched to Plains Road. Well, the people on Plains Road got mad, and then they put speed bumps in at a cost of $20,000 per speed bump. So the net result is now, when you travel that during the peak hours, you know, rush hour, now in the, the daytime, these streets used to move quite well. They look like a train of cars sitting behind a bus that they can't get past. They're sitting there, they're idling, they're polluting. The main uh, uh, high school at Coxwell and Cosburn, 
people are driving up on the sidewalk to make right-hand turns. It's unsafe. So there's there's the result. I you know uh, everything you say. Um, I've I've seen all kinds of nutty things happen on the streets, and uh, you know from my point of view, I hope that they have a careful look at everything to try to make traffic move. And this is not our topic today. But yesterday, I was trying to uh, get back to the office after a meeting, and on some of the smaller streets, you know, I'm wondering, do the garbage trucks plan it so they can? <laughs> Block traffic as much as possible on a small street when you're getting into rush hour at huge lines of cars. And no, I mean, it is just. Well, it, the best one I ever saw was a speed bump put at a stop sign with the white line painted over it. Why would you put a speed bump at a stop sign? Okay, that's a very good question. I'm two kilometers away from work, and it used to take me like five minutes to get into the work in the mornings. Now it's like 20, 25 minutes stuck in traffic in East York. It would be great if we could start talking about the Bloor Street bike lane pilot project again. Okay. Bloor and put it on uh, one of the side streets. Thank okay. you. Okay, thanks a lot. Uh, let's take uh, one more call before the break. We've got uh, Jeanette in London. Hi. Hi, how are you? Hi, Hi Libby. I'm okay. I, I love your program. I listen every day. Great. Um, this is very sad about the little boy, the five-year-old boy. Terrible. Um, my condolences to the family. I, I could not imagine even getting on the road on a bike with vehicles, even in London, let alone in Toronto. I just think people who want to do that are just half insane. I, I find it hard enough to even drive with other vehicles in, in today's traffic with the way drivers are and the texting and the distracted driving and everyone needing to get somewhere too fast. And I wouldn't even want to be on a bike on a road. That's just my thought in my heart on that. Okay, Jeanette, thanks for your call. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay, uh, so uh, Yvonne, before we let you go, anything you think should be done to make these bike lanes safer? Uh, well, I think putting them in and evaluating how they're working is the first start. We do, you know, people aren't insane who choose to ride bikes. They no, 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 of course not. For a of reasons, and millions of people, billions of people around the world can't be wrong. We've got to do a lot of work to make things safer on the streets of Toronto and other cities. And everybody has a role to play in road safety. So drivers have got to do their part. Pedestrians shouldn't be walking out into bike lanes without looking. Cyclists have got to respect the rules of the road, and they are subject to the rules of the road under the Highway Traffic Act, and they can be ticketed just like drivers. So the licensing issue, no jurisdiction in North America has got a licensing program in place because they are ineffective. Most cyclists have driver's license, right? So if that's You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. We are talking about bike lanes, specifically the bike lanes on Bloor Street. And before we go to Councillor Stephen Holliday, uh, this is a little bit tangential, but also with the issue of road safety. I'm sorry to report that uh, an 18-year-old woman uh, received life-threatening injuries after being hit by a car. This is breaking news Uh I hate having to talk about this story. Another 18-year-old was also hit by the car, but the extent of her injuries were not clear. Uh, so 
this just shows that we have a bunch of issues here when it comes to safety, safety for cyclists, safety for drivers, safety for pedestrians. Uh, but back to Bloor Street bike lanes. Uh, let's go to Councillor Stephen Holiday. Hi, welcome. Good afternoon, Libby, and good afternoon to the Zoomers. Okay, thank you. Uh, so uh, what do you make of the pilot project? The city is going to announce the results, I believe, on a Monday. Um, what do you think? Well, I uh, I remain very much concerned about the Bloor bike lanes. This is very much a story about closing lanes and converting them over into bicycle infrastructure. And the key thing about Bloor Street is um, what it means to the residents that I represent in the West End. It's one of the very few routes that we have to get in and out of our city. And as you, you close things off and you make it harder to move if you're in a vehicle, um, people begin to feel more and more isolated from their city and more and more apart. And uh, that's why I've had a lot of concerns about these. We'll see what the city has to report on the numbers. Um, I've seen some fairly um, optimistic numbers they've put out there in terms of the number of riders. I'm not sure I believe them, but we'll listen and hear what they have to say. You don't, you don't believe them? I mean, presumably it's on a survey. Yeah, uh, you know, um, sur- the survey is only as good as uh, the people that respond to it. And, um, you know, uh, sometimes things get clouded uh, when, you, when you have politics that enter a discussion. This isn't about road engineering. This is about politics on this file. Okay, um, this is my little hobby horse, um, and uh, I don't know if you heard uh, what I was saying at the beginning of the show. So I take north-south streets, and I cross cross major intersections without lights, which is problematic. But you get to Bloor Street, there's a bike lane, there's parking, there's there's no traffic light. So as a driver, I have to get out into the intersection very carefully uh, before I can even see if I can cross. As soon as I get out there and I usually stop where I have a good sight line, then another car comes and I have to stop. And then suddenly there are more cyclists and I'm blocking them. Yeah, that's one of the technical issues with this. And and part of the frustration I had and why I opposed this at the beginning was there are really good cycling routes which parallel Bloor. So there's one just a few blocks to the north along Davenport and one just a few hundred meters to the south along Harbert that's a separated bike lane. But for some reason, council felt that we needed yet one more and it's disrupted a major street. And I want to talk about congestion because I think that's really what you're getting at, that when you enter these streets, they're very congested. And, one of the things and you I've know, been, frankly, if I may stop you, Bloor yeah. Street was pretty congested even before there were bl- bike lanes it going was, through the city. It was, but it did crawl, and it was a usable route for people to come in and out of the city, and I'm hearing that it is no longer. I don't drive it myself but uh, because I just don't think I could take the congestion. But if you think about it, what's the psychological effect on drivers of all of this congestion? We're putting all these controls as a council everywhere, and we're making it harder to move. And I'll put to you and, and the listeners that drivers then become aggressive and they take more risks. And that's all types of drivers, be it on a bicycle, in a car, or even pedestrians, is this aggression that's being amped up in the city from all of these tensions. And that's where you hear about accidents. Well, yeah. And I I do see even even pedestrians uh, get angry and they're, you know, sometimes they're they're walking where they shouldn't be walking or they're wearing headphones. Uh, Let's go to uh, William in Toronto. Hi, William. Hello, Libby. You're on the air. We're listening. Okay. Um, it takes me two and a half hours to get downtown by car, and uh, 
Uh, went yesterday by car and by bicycle because of bicycle lanes. It takes me forty minutes, so I go by bicycle all the time. Well, that and, that sounds like a wise choice, uh, you know. Yeah. And and along Blue or with the new bicycle lanes, I, I find them uh, a, to be a good idea. All you have to, if everybody is watching out for everyone, there's no reason for any accidents to happen. And very quickly, I would like to say that Copenhagen is the cycling capital of the world. Yep. And perhaps Toronto Council should ask them for some consultation on how to set things up, and uh, they would be helpful. And one oh, more... I, I bet there there have been missions to Copenhagen to watch it. Yeah. And one more thing that Copenhagen does, if uh, if. Uh, a cyclist gets hit by by a car. The onus is on the car driver, and he's, uh, the car driver is uh, proven guilty, uh, and it, it's his. Uh, and the onus is on him to prove himself innocent, and that makes uh, uh, car drivers really watch out for cyclists. And well, they're they're used to it. I mean, the onus is on the car driver here as well. Yeah, but he's automatically proven guilty until he proves himself innocent in Copenhagen. That's, oh, okay. Uh, that's where it uh, differs. And okay, uh, okay. thank so, you for your call. Uh, I don't know. And well, I like that about the uh, uh, bicycle lanes through the hydro fields. They're they're a good idea as well, but they're never maintained. Okay. So the more bike lanes they put downtown, the better it is. Everybody just has to watch out what they're doing, and everything is fine. Okay. Thank you for your call. Thank you, Adam. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay. Uh, we are starting uh, to uh, look at the clock here. Uh, Councillor Holiday, have you been hearing from businesses? I have. Some of them have uh, called me on their own accord, which sort of a, is a funny thing. I represent uh, communities way to the west, but uh, some of the businesses heard what I had to say when the, the pilot was first considered. They're telling me they are, uh, they are experiencing a loss of business, and that's really related to the fact that parking was taken away on Bloor Street. So people that would have used their, their stores or their businesses because they had a car are deciding to go elsewhere. And that is one of the lenses that we have to look at this project about is, is what harm has come about to those local businesses who provide employment and who, who, and who provide services to the people in the neighborhood. Uh, yeah, that is uh, one of the lenses. I mean, it was interesting. Yvonne Bambrick was telling us that the main users of the business are on foot or on a bicycle. Well, um, you know, maybe that is because of the, the bike lanes. I'm not sure if that's true in December. Uh, yep. Uh, yep, that I would say that. Okay, um, let us take uh, one more caller. Uh, we've got Willis in Toronto. Hello, Willis. Hello, Libby. Uh, okay, this is my first time. Oh, wait uh, a minute. That's two first-time callers today. Welcome to you both. Because this, is, this really pisses me off. Two things. Toronto was not designed in the first place for bicycles, number one. Nor was it designed for cars in the first for cars, place. For cars, for cars. That's the shame of it all. Number two, if you take the cars off the road, who is going to pay? Who is going to pay to maintain the roads? Bicycles should be licensed so that they can pay something and maintain the roads also. Number three, I, I can go on and on and on, but that's enough. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you for your call, Willis. Okay. Thanks. Okay. Uh, so uh, we've had two callers so far, Councillor Holiday, who uh, are on side with you. 
in terms of the bicycle licenses, but I would think uh, that's a dead horse and we've got to stop flogging it, right? Yeah, that ship has sailed for the time being. And I, I just want to add, you know, I, I do believe that there should be bicycle lanes and infrastructure where appropriate, but it just can't be on every street. And in my, my humble view and the view that serves my constituents the best is that uh, Bloor Street is one of those streets that is a main arterial which provides access in and out of the city for motor vehicles. There is other infrastructure around for bicycles that works very well. This is just not the street to put it on. And I encourage people to continue to cycle and, and avail themselves to the, to the routes that we have. And, uh, and, and I'd like to see components of the 10-year cycling plan continue to be built across the city to enhance it for cyclists. I consider myself one. I ride within the West End. And uh, do you think there's a, I mean, politically, do you think there's any chance that this pilot project on Bloor Street won't be continued? Uh, I think it is going to be a very vigorous debate. The businesses are organizing. Uh, The businesses have a lot to say. Uh, and I think we need to listen to them. They are the ones that are really struggling with this one, in addition to the drivers that move about. And one of the things that councillors have to do is think about the silent majority. They don't always get involved in the consultation process. It's those drivers that are sitting there sweating in traffic, and there's tens of thousands of them every day. And we have to put them into the equation. And I fear we didn't do that the first go around. I hope my colleagues will do that this time. Okay, uh, we do have time, a little more time, so let's go to Jeanette in London. Hello? 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 Uh, You've got to turn down your radio. I just heard my echo. Oh, sorry about that. Okay. Uh, Are you there? Yes, I'm there. You're on the air. Go ahead. We're listening. Okay, I'm a first-time caller as well. Okay, wait a minute. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, First thing, I have an old license plate I used to have on bicycles back in 1955. (laughs) You keep things a long time. Well, it's a keepsake, but uh, it just goes to show that we had uh, bicycles licensed uh, back then. Uh, Each rider was, you know, needed to have a license on his bike. Now, um, I see no reason why we can't go back to that system because number one, it helped to maintain the roads as far as taxes and things like that, and it's also an area in which to identify a rider if there's a problem or if he breaks the law or whatever. Okay, well, um, you know, you're the third caller who likes this, but as I just uh, said with Councillor Holliday, who is also a proponent of this, it's been voted down, uh, that ship has sailed, and I think we have to move on because it's not going to be happening now. Um Thanks a lot for your first-time call. Appreciate it. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, uh, we are going to be uh, switching gears. Uh, Councillor Holliday, anything you'd like to leave us with? No, just thank you for the opportunity to speak. And uh, really my message for many of the Zoomers that may be listening is, you know, stay involved. Uh, Listen to politics in the city. And if you have an opinion about these things, you should write into your local city councillor and tell them what you think. 
we need more people to express their opinion and um, get away from that idea of the silent majority that I ta- that I just talked about, that a lot of people who this affects choose not to get engaged and then their voice doesn't get heard. And the, the loud screams of just a few people uh, that are that are strong advocates for their cause of the day uh, tend to be the ones that are successful with these political activity. Okay, as always, Councillor Stephen Holliday, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.